Hey, good morning, everyone. Why don't you turn around your neighbor and say, hello, thank you for the beautiful weather, Lord. Yeah, we're getting the horn peeps. I forgot about the horn beeps. Good to see everybody this morning, and we couldn't pick a better day. Can we just thank the Lord again for his goodness? And boy, he's such a good God, isn't he? Everything's on his authority, and he is in control of everything. Amen. So this morning, um, we're continuing our series on what did Jesus have to say, and we're dealing with just more difficult passages uh, and words that Jesus spoke, and how do they relate to our lives, and how can we implement those in our lives? And uh, I don't know about you, how many of you love it when someone judges you? Don't you just love that? How how do you like when someone comes up to you and gives you constructive criticism? Have you ever heard that? Or or this isn't personal, right? This is business. I don't care how you what you put on that, how much you try to sugarcoat it. How many know it still stinks? It still hurts. So I wanted to talk, I wanted to look at what did Jesus have to say about Judging And whether or not you're a follower of Christ or you are a follower of Christ, um, we have heard this in our world where people say, don't what? Don't judge me. Stop judging me, right? When someone looks down on you, we may say, don't judge me. And we see this and we hear this. Um, I, I One time I just wanted to get a big ice cream cone. So I got an ice cream cone with about a gallon of ice cream on it. And uh, Kathleen was looking at me, and she didn't have to say a word, right? She didn't have to say a word. It was just the look. Have you ever got the look? And and I looked at Kathleen. I said, stop judging me. Stop judging me. If I want a gallon of ice cream on an ice cream cone, I'm going to get a gallon of ice cream. And I guess what? I enjoyed that gallon of ice cream on that ice cream cone. Um, listen, we've all been there either giving judgment or casting judgment. And so we're finishing and uh, we'll finish next week on on what did Jesus have to say and looking at his words. And I want us to understand what did Jesus have to say or what were his thoughts about judging. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And here's what Jesus says about judging others. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of the sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Amen to God's word this morning. Amen. So there was an interesting uh, research survey done by the Barna Research Group and the Pew Forum, and the results of this uh, survey were not flattering. And what they did is they, they, they surveyed thousands of people who were not uh, followers of Jesus, and they basically asked them this question about what they thought about Christians. And they came up with these two top uh, answers. And can you guess what the what the top <laughs> result was for what non Christians thought about Christians? You guessed it. Being too what? 
judgmental. The second was hypocrisy. Now, at first, it's easy to take offense to this and say, you know, man, that's not true. They don't know me. We don't act like that. But how many know sometimes we can be judgmental if we're going to really look in the mirror? Um, you know, we may be thinking, well, those people are thinking about that street corner preacher who's got the megaphone, who's just yelling at everybody and telling them, that they're going to hell. Have you, have you ever seen something like that before? And you just think, man, who is the, who, who is this person? They just, everybody that seems to have, you know, a megaphone, they just seem mean, don't they? They just seem mean. And we've all seen this at one time or another, but, but let's point the finger at ourselves. And this is my flaw. This is my fault. I admit when I see someone like this, I automatically judge that person without even knowing them. And I will assume that they are mean uncaring or maybe unloving by the way uh, they're saying things and the tactics that they're using to share the gospel. Now, I may disagree with their methods, but it's interesting how we judge with the same judgment we feel that they're using on others. Can I get an amen? Okay, I'm going to poke. I'm going to poke on this 4th of July weekend. I'm going to poke, poke us a little bit. Now, if I had the megaphone... Uh, I would probably be a little bit more friendly with the megaphone. I'd be like, hey, everybody, how you doing? Jesus loves you, right? I, I don't know. It's, it's the method. Um, but let's be honest with ourselves. We can, we can, uh, be hard on others and we can be hard on each other in the church, can't we? We can be hard on each other and we can judge each other with, even within the church. And if you've been at church any amount of time, you know what I mean. So what is Jesus saying here? Is he saying that we shouldn't judge anyone? So when people say, or we say, or people in the world say, don't judge me, are we not to judge anyone? Are, are we not to have difficult conversations with people? Is he saying that we should remain silent on matters that we think are wrong? So Jesus is not saying that we shouldn't have difficult conversations. Jesus tells us that we should carefully examine our lives before we cast judgment on someone else. So he's not telling us that we shouldn't have difficult conversations, but what Jesus is telling us is that we need to take careful look at our own lives because we're all messy at the end of the day and we can get this wrong. So Jesus, what he's dealing with first is our heart. He's dealing with our pride. So let's let's take someone's appearance. We may look at somebody for the first time and we may judge them without even knowing them because of their appearance. And what we do actually is we dehumanize them. And we've all done this. We've prejudged them solely based on their appearance or their demeanor. They seemed to be mean or they seemed to be arrogant until you get to know them. And then you realize, you know what? They really were mean and they really were arrogant. No, I'm just teasing. Most of the time when we get to meet someone, we understand that they really aren't that way. And this has happened to all of us. So how do we correctly understand Jesus's words and not lean too far from one side to the other, either walking in pride or not saying anything? And we can easily take Jesus' word out of context because they say, don't judge. We really don't want someone telling us that we're wrong. That's really the issue here. We don't want someone else telling us that we're wrong. And so we will go to this verse and take it out of context and say, Jesus says, don't judge me. Right? So Jesus tells us first to remove the plank from our eye before we cast judgment. First, we need to examine our hearts and we need to do that consistently. So what does Jesus know about every single one of us? 
what he knows is every single one of us, we need glasses. Every, <laughs> we all need glasses. Now I have, I have reading glass, I have reading glasses. I don't have regular glasses as of yet, but Jesus knows that we all need glasses. The plank in our eyes impedes us from seeing correctly. Our propensity is to see ourselves in the best light possible. So it's much easier for us, right, to want to receive grace than to give grace, right? It's much, we want all the grace, but it's very hard for us to give grace and to give mercy. And Jesus knows this about the propensity of our hearts, that we tend to look at our lives in a different light or in the best light possible. Can I just get an amen? Amen out there? Okay. So we want to see ourselves in the best possible life. Jesus knows that our eyesight is bad. Now, I need reading glasses, and everything else is literally a blur. Right now, my notes, are up, they're, they've gone up every year from like a 12 to a 14 to a 16 font now. So next year's probably going to be 18. There's about four words per page on every one of my notes. My notes went from like eight pages, and now they're about 25. So we all need, you know, we Jesus understands us that we need glasses, that our, our eyesight is bad. So what he tells us to do is this. He says, listen, take the plank out first, and then you'll be able to confront the other person correctly with the right motives. And so for us, when we are upset about something, it's not that we are to hold back or not talk about it, but we need to check our hearts first and our motivation first and making sure we're not doing it in anger or we're not trying to be vindictive. Always remember that the relationship is the most important thing. Always remember that how am I trying to, instead of just telling my truth, which we should, we have to remember that the relationship is also very, very important. Because we can walk away from a conversation, and we may be right, but in the meanwhile, we destroy the relationship. And that's not what Jesus wants. We need to love and care for each other, even though we might have disagreements. So how do we know we are judging? How do we know we are judgy or we're judging other people with the wrong motives? Now, let me give you just a couple things real quick this morning, a couple insights that I think are going to be very helpful. Dr. J.D. Greer, just a wonderful article on how, how do you know you're judgy? How do you know that you're judging? How do we have the right motives uh, in, in correcting someone or speaking to someone about something in their lives and how do we protect our heart from not being judgmental and how do we first take the plank out of our own eye before we look at the speck in our brother or sister's eyes. So we need to protect ourselves. And here's the thing we need to protect ourselves from. We need to protect ourselves by saying it's Jesus and me against the other person. So what we end up doing is sometimes we take the Bible and we use it as a baseball bat. It's me and Jesus against the other person. It's putting ourselves in a place of superiority where only God should be. Any amens, any horn beeps, anything. Is anybody out there this morning? Okay, there we go. You guys are listening. Amen. I miss that. I miss that. We have to do that on somehow on Sunday morning. Okay, that's enough. All right, calm down. So how do we, how do we, how do we do this? Well, let me give you a couple of insights here. How do we know we're being judgy? How do we guard our hearts? So here's one thing. We are more enraged at someone else's sin than we are by our own. So that's one way to check your heart, the log in your own eye. Dietrich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, 
who was a pastor during World War II, actually died in a concentration camp. He said this, wonderful theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that one of the first signs of, Christ, of Christian maturity was frustration with the church's hypocrisy and the desire to separate from it, which is true. But then he goes on to say, the next sign of maturity or growth recognizes that the same hypocrisy in the church is present in myself. So as much as we see things that go on maybe in the church that we don't like, that we want to judge, we have to recognize, Dietrich has it spot on, that also that judgment and hypocrisy also lies within my own heart. Amen? So that's where the balance is. When I'm more enraged about someone else and their sin than I am about my own, something is wrong. And I need to take the plank out of my own eye. We always need to be aware of our own sin. It's always right there. We all have the ability to do what is evil. And we need to have an honest understanding of ourselves. This is what Jesus is saying. Never, ever use your judgment to cloak your own sin. Because it's much easier to look at someone else's sin and be enraged by it when all the while we have those things going on in our own heart and we use that sometimes to even justify our own actions. And so when Jesus is saying, take the plank out, you need to be careful of your own heart. The second thing here is we distance ourselves from those we disagree with, from those that disagree with us. See, this is the essence of judging. When you disagree strongly with someone or something like faith or morality or politics, what you do is you cut them off because you can't agree. And this is where we strain and we shipwreck relationships over things that have nothing to do with the gospel message. So let's be very, very careful about disting ourselves from people who may disagree with us and understanding what are the things that we do agree about. What are the things that we can stand together in and how can we salvage our relationship? The third thing is we, we refuse to forgive. This is another big plank in our eye. We can also refuse to forgive. We want other person to pay and keep on paying for what they've done to us. We want them to be indebted to us for what they have done to us. So when we refuse to forgive, what we're saying is, I want that person to be indebted to me. I want them to continue to pay and continue to pay for what they've done to us. That's a huge plank in our eye, and we can remain in that judgmental spirit. Here's another thing. We refuse to receive criticism. We refuse to receive criticism. Now, we all love, like I said earlier, we all love to receive criticism, right? It's just so much fun when someone criticizes you or they don't like what you do or, you know, we all have our own artistic things that we like and we have our opinions. And when someone criticizes that, that's why I say, Kathleen, just if you don't, if the sermon was terrible, don't say it after on Sunday afternoon because I'll curl up in the corner in a fetal position and suck my thumb. I just, I can't take it because when you work on something hard and then you feel like you don't do well and you hear criticism right away. It's hard to hear it. Wait a day, and then I'll probably be better to receive it, right? When we hear something, whether it's about our cooking or what we're wearing, you know, guys, when your wife says, do you like what I'm wearing? You got to walk on really, really tender ground there, right? You just always say, you look fantastic. You look wonderful. Yeah, I'm getting be, I'm getting horn beeps on that one, right? You got to walk. You got to walk real carefully, or you're going to be sleeping in the doghouse. So listen. Here it is. We don't like it. At the end of the day, we don't like criticism, especially when someone says constructive criticism or this isn't, you know, this is business. It's not personal. You know what I say to that? That's what I say to that. It still hurts. It still hurts. No matter how you try to cloak it, it still hurts. So when someone gives you criticism, 
just remember this. This will save you from getting offended and just wanting to give up or whatever. Just remember this. What they might say could be 99% wrong. Before you just say, man, they are just wrong. My cooking is the best. I make the best food ever. Before, before you receive that criticism and just get all offended, just remember this. They might be 99% wrong, but be open to that 1%. Just be open to it. Just say, even if someone says it, even if they say it in the wrong way or not in a loving way, guard your heart from being offended. Remember, if there's something that is offending inside you, there's something that hasn't died inside of you. So just, just, just remember, there might be one thing. And God, just say, God, I didn't like what they said. I don't think they're right. They said it in the wrong attitude. They were mean or whatever. Just say, God, just show me. Jesus, just show me. Maybe there is something in there that you need to shine a light on that I need to deal with within my own heart before I get all defensive and get my own little camp of people around me and say, did you hear what they said? Right? Let's be careful. Maybe there's that 1% that Jesus wants to deal with. Amen? Even if someone says it in a wrong way, maybe God can still use that to speak something into your heart, into my heart, that will help us to be more Christ-like. Amen? Amen. Okay. I hope you receive that because that's good. That's a good word. Here's another thing. We refuse to speak into somebody's life. Okay, so what do we do? You know, when Jesus do not judge, he doesn't say, he doesn't say not to speak into somebody's life. And sometimes we can see things in other people's lives that we should speak into. But Jesus is saying, once you've gone through these things and you've inspected yourself and you've taken the plank out of your own eye, then you're going to go with the right motives. You're going to go with a caring, merciful, gracious spirit when you deal with someone else. The most unloving thing we can do at times is not say anything. That's the most unloving thing we could do at many times is not say anything. The right way to do it is to walk in humility, is to walk in humility. Now, my, my parents corrected me so many times growing up and they, you know, they still correct me. You know, that's what parents do, right? They love you. But I know that they love me. And the times that my parents did correct me, it wasn't because they were trying to be my best friend. It was because they were trying to be my parents and they loved me. And they saw some things in my life, maybe a character flaw or something that, that needed correcting, but they did it in love. Now, did it hurt at first? Yes, but I needed it. And it needed to kind of marinate in my spirit. But if we're humble enough and we receive that correction, God can use it greatly in your life. Listen, have people in your life who you know love you and know you and, and allow people to have access in your heart. Listen, the worst thing you can do is to isolate yourself. And so many people want to stiff arm other people in their lives because they don't want them to get too close to peer into the things in their lives. Listen, can I just be honest with you this morning? That's not fellowship. Fellowship is not getting together and having great jello salad on a picnic on a Wednesday night, right? That's not fellowship. Fellowship is not talking about how our Mets are tanking right now and they need to pick it up a little bit, right? That's not fellowship, right? That's not fellowship. What is true fellowship? When we're speaking into each other's lives. And many times what we do is we want to stiff arm people because we don't, we don't want them to get too close because we don't want them to see us in the real us. 
and to see the things that are in our heart that maybe need correcting. And so choose close people in your lives that will say something to you, that know you, that love you, that will speak into your life. You see, when my wife speaks into my life, I listen because I know she loves me. She's not trying to hurt me. She's trying to help me. So some people absolutely love to criticize, right? That's that's their gift. Their gift is the spiritual gift of criticism. They like to nitpick everything and criticize everything. Um, they, they like to point out everything. You need to guard your heart against those people. Those are the people that you don't want close in your heart. Those are toxic people. Don't, don't have them in your life. But have the people in your life that you know are truly going to speak truth into your life that know you and know your heart. And I guarantee God will use those people to help you from making bad choices in your life. That when you can be open with them, I'm thinking about this or I'm doing this or someone's going to be there to ask you tough questions. That's being accountable with your life. And I have people in my life that I'm accountable to because I need that in my life. I need to be open to that in my life because how many of us know all of us here can be prone to make bad decisions? And we're all prone to sin. And we need to do everything in our lives to guard our hearts against going wayward into places that we shouldn't go. Have people in your life that you trust that will speak the truth to you. Be open. Be accountable to them. Have someone in your life that has access to speak to you. You see, when we keep ourselves in isolation, we, we, we feel like we're above reproach. What we're actually doing is allowing the log to keep growing in our lives and the more blind we can become to our own sin. So we want to do Jesus, what he's speaking to us, he's saying, do everything possible not to allow that log to grow in your own lives. And I guarantee if we follow these things in our lives and heed the word of Christ and walk in humility, not only we will allow Jesus to have access into our heart and have Jesus to be able to speak to our heart, but also when we talk to other people and we have conversations with other people, it will be seasoned with salt. We'll walk in humility. It'll be productive. It'll be loving. It'll be gracious because we've first taken the plank out of our own, out, out of our own heart, out of our own eyes. So always allow God to speak to your heart in your life. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The thing Jesus cares most about you is your heart, because when he has your heart, he has your whole life. He has everything. And so let's be careful as we, as we walk in this world that we allow Christ to have access to every part of our lives and our hearts, that we walk in humility, that we walk in the spirit of Christ in the way we deal with others and how we allow people to have access into our hearts and our lives. Amen? He wants us to grow. Jesus is a loving God, but how many know that he disciplines us because he loves us and he wants us to grow in him? And so just remember, every day is an opportunity for God to speak to your heart. And He sometimes he's going to use irritating people to speak into your heart, to speak into your heart. To, to allow us to walk in the character of Christ. All those things are for our good, and Jesus uses uses it for our good. Amen? Amen. Well, we want to take communion today, and, and, uh, and, and listen, as we take communion today, uh, let's remember what Jesus did for us. Jesus, who was perfect, paid the price for us. He took God's judgment upon himself, 
for you and I, when we should have been the ones that were the object of God's wrath, Jesus took it on himself upon that cross by being and becoming our substitute. And when we take communion, what Jesus tells us to do is to recognize and to remember his precious blood that was shed for us, his body that was given for us. So when we take communion today, allow Jesus just to speak to your heart. Maybe there's something in your life that you're saying, yeah, pastor, God's word spoke to me today. There, there, I, I am being judgmental in some areas in my life. And I need to allow the spirit of Christ to soften my heart today. There is a pretty big log that I've allowed to, to grow in my heart. And I am a little cynical. I've been a little more cynical lately and, uh, judgmental lately, and I need Jesus to soften my heart. Once again, that doesn't mean we don't speak the truth, but let's do it in love, and let's let's allow the Spirit of Christ to humble us and to soften us as we walk in this world. So allow, as we take communion today, allow the Lord to soften your heart. And what the Apostle Paul tells us is anytime we take communion, we are not to do this haphazardly, that we're to examine our hearts. So before we take communion today, as I pray, just you and the Lord, between you and God, ask him, Lord, what can you show me in my heart? Is there something in my heart? Is, is there something that I'm holding on to? Am I, am I holding forgiveness? Have I been a little too judgmental? Have I been a little bit too gossipy? Have I, is there something in my heart that you need to reveal? Allow the Spirit of Christ to speak to you. Use this time to examine your own heart and your own life and allow Christ's love and forgiveness and mercy just overwhelm your heart today. Aren't you glad for Jesus' mercy and grace? Aren't you so glad that God demonstrates his love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us? And his grace and his mercy is available to us each and every day, and we can find forgiveness in Jesus every single day. So I'm thankful for his grace today and his mercy. So what I want us to do is I want you to take the cup and I'm going to have the worship team come on up and and uh, we're going to sing this last song together. But I want us to pray and just ask the Lord just to help us as we take communion today. And uh, so let's just bow our hearts. Just take a moment right now and ask the Lord just to speak to your heart. As you bow your hearts before him today, as our eyes are closed, as we were just thinking about Christ, just have him inspect your heart today and ask him to just reveal anything to you that needs to be revealed. Father God, we just thank you for this day. And Jesus, I thank you that you love us so much, that you care for us, that Jesus, you don't you love us so much that you don't want us to stay where we're at. And Jesus, I just pray you'd speak to our hearts today. It's so easy. I, for my heart, I'm speaking to myself to just get judgmental, to get cynical because of the things we see in the world or maybe what other Christians are doing. And it's so easy to get cynical and judgmental and not speak the truth in love. And I pray that you would marinate our hearts in the spirit of Christ right now, that you would speak to us to errors in our lives that, that are not Christ-like that you would remove that log in our in our eyes first, in our hearts first, before we speak to others, God. Every single day is a new opportunity to experience your mercy and your grace. So just overshadow us today with your grace and mercy. May we walk in that humility. And as we take communion today, we're thankful for your body that was given for us, your blood that was shed for us. 
this instituted this new covenant that we now have with God, that Jesus, you speak covenantal words to us, that you'll never leave us or forsake us. Your precious blood binds you to us, that we can cling to you, Jesus, knowing that we've been forgiven, that we're set free from our sins, and that we will spend eternity with you. So as we partake in communion today, we want to thank you, Jesus, for everything that you accomplished for us. And none of this is because of what we've done or our work, but because of what Jesus accomplished to us through his grace and mercy. And we're grateful for that today. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Let's partake of the wafer together. Amen. As you open up the juice today, let us always remember that if it wasn't for Jesus' shed blood, we could never find forgiveness for our sins. It's this blood that covered you today. And as you take it today, remind yourself of the precious blood of Christ that covers all our sins, past, present, and future. Amen? Amen. We have a lot to be grateful for today. So let's partake of the cup together. Amen. Jesus, you're good. Thank you for your love today. Amen. Can we just thank the Lord today? Can we just thank him for his word today? He's a perfect savior in every way.